Hello, my name is Michael, and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast. friends and welcome to episode 24 of Forever Sound Version. This time around I'm going to be looking at Atari's 8-bit family of computers. The track that opened the show was composed by Falk Butner for the game Hunter, a 1995 release from Condor Soft. This game has the dubious distinction of featuring in the Stuart Ashen's book Terrible Old Games You've Probably Never Heard Of, and well, it's right at home among the other games that are featured in the book. It's a ludicrously basic, single-screen hunting simulator that struggles to yield multiple minutes of genuine entertainment, let alone multiple hours. But at least it comes with a decent tune. A bit on the dramatic side for such a dull hunting game, which has me wondering, was this track originally composed with the game in mind? I'm not convinced. Nevertheless, those blocky driving drum beats and bass lines playing in octave patterns suggest a sort of foreboding disco at the end of the world. Definitely my sort of thing as far as VGM goes. So, the Atari 8-bit family consists of numerous models released between 1979 and 1987, including the 400, 800, XL, XE and XEGS. They're all more or less the same, with upgrades and modifications in terms of things like aesthetic design and amounts of RAM. After Atari's commercial success with their 2600 games console, the company's 8-bit line of computers struggled somewhat in keeping pace with the new big dog of the industry, Commodore. For this reason, Atari's 8-bit machines are often overlooked these days in retro gaming circles, so this episode is my bid to shed a little bit of light on some music that even die-hard 8-bit fetishists might have missed out on up until now. I actually had an XEGS machine myself when I was a kid, the GS standing for Games System, making this machine a bit like the ill-fated Commodore 64 game system, though Atari's effort is a lot better since it came loaded with a version of BASIC and was bundled with a keyboard and even a light gun with which I could play Bug Hunt. 
The inclusion of a keyboard and BASIC was a big deal for me, since it got me into a bit of coding at a fairly young age. If only my XEGS hadn't given up the ghost around 99, you never know. My life could have taken a very different direction if I'd been able to keep up the programming at home. Let's get into some more music now, and what better way to push on with the show than with a little bit of Rob Hubbard. If you aren't already familiar with Rob Hubbard, well, this isn't a terrible way of getting acquainted, but I'd also encourage you to check out the episode of this podcast that's dedicated to his work on the Commodore 64. Plenty of big old Sid Chip bangers on that one. Maybe you are already a Hubbard fan, but haven't heard much of his Atari 8-bit work, in which case you're in for a treat right now. Here's the music from Jet Set Willy, released in 1987, and Chimera, released in Thank you. 
We just had Jet Set Willy and Chimera for the Atari 8-Bit family, both composed by Rob Hubbard. Jet Set Willy is the sequel to the famous platformer Manic Miner, a game that was made entirely by Matthew Smith and later ported to numerous systems. Jet Set Willy must have really felt like a step into the big league of computer games of the time, commanding the services of a composer as respected as Rob Hubbard. The tune is a real ripper too, offering noisy, skittering percussion and a frenetic melody imbued with rapid, bright arpeggios. Chimera's tune shows off a slightly different side to Hubbard, bringing the tempo right down and dialing in a smooth, gliding bass sound, contrasting with some really quite shrill activity in the higher frequencies. And of course, there's that digitised speech right at the start. Chimera! It's a bit scary. The Chimera track I just played is taken from a remake of the game, which features a version of the Hubbard tune that was disassembled and played back through a different sound driver, which might go some way to explain the high quality of the audio I have for this one. Moving on now, and I think it's time we addressed the Atari 8-bit family's sound capabilities, which are provided via the POKEY, which stands for Port Keyboard Integrated Circuit. It allows for audio in four channels, which have their own frequency, noise and voice level controls. Upon hearing some of the tunes on this episode, you might notice that sometimes they sound a little bit out of tune. That's the Pokey's fault. It does tune certain parts of the 12-pitch chromatic scale differently to how we would ordinarily hear it. For this reason, composers would sometimes combine voices to pad out their sound and make the pitches sound more consistent with what we're used to. Also, the Pokey can allow for various timbres, from clean to distorted beyond belief, so it can sound quite rich at times. Not quite as rich as the Commodore 64's legendary SID chip, perhaps, but certainly more interesting than your standard square wave chip, to me at least. Back when I was fiddling about with programming in BASIC as a kid, I would make my XEGS machine produce clashing sounds of various pitches, whilst also using the register that selected the different timbres, which was good fun. Maybe my XEGS broke because my parents took a hammer to it whilst I was out one night, after being tormented with horrible noises one time too many. It's possible. Anyway, onto some more music. We're going to have a couple of tracks composed by Adam Gilmore for the games Ninja Commando, released 1989, and Draconis, released 1988, for the Atari 8-bit family.
Ninja Commando and Draconis there, music composed by Adam Gilmore. Some very tidy stuff. The initial main melody on Draconis is quite reminiscent of part of J.S. Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which, along with the big, crashing drum beat and the gnarly riffing that comes in later, lends the piece a really dark flavour. Then Gilmore puts his foot down and the track races off into something pretty metal it has to be said. In an interview with Gilmore from 2004, he states that his musical influences included bands like Slayer, as well as the game music work of Rob Hubbard and David Whittaker. He says that the tune from Draconis was originally intended to be for an Activision title called Corporation, but the developer of Draconis heard what he had produced and wanted it for their game instead. Gilmore's compositions were put together by way of sketching things out on a simple Casio keyboard first, before shifting the music over to his computer hardware, usually from Commodore 64 onto the Atari 8-bit format. What I find particularly impressive about Adam Gilmore is that he did a lot of his game music work whilst he was a student, so for a part-timer his output is pretty excellent. Next up we have a pair of tunes by David Whittaker, another rather prolific Commodore 64 composer who got some credits for titles on Atari's 8-bit machines. We're going to hear the music from Red Max and Storm.
Red Max and Storm, both from 1987 on the Atari 8-bit family of computers. These tracks possess something like a demo scene quality for me. Maybe it's in the relatively lengthy melodies and moments of showboating with the gliding between notes and the intermittent rapid passages. Speaking of demo scene stuff, I've had a quick look online and I did find a bunch of examples of demos and intros made on the Atari 8-bit machines. I find that checking out demos from a certain machine can be a great way of grasping its character and how it differs from other contemporaneous systems. Some more music now, and it's Richard Munns up next, with the tunes from Space Lobsters, nice title there, and Zero Wars, both released in 1990. This Space Lobsters tune is a bit on the severe side, very urgent and driving, and showing off the strange, detuned sounding quality of the pokey hardware. These Space Lobsters aren't messing around. See what you think.
Space Lobsters and Zero Wars, composed by Richard Munns. That Zero Wars tune might be my favourite of all the tracks I've featured on this episode. I love how busy the bass line is, and the rhythmic interplay between the drum and arpeggio voices is very exciting. So much polish and so many great ideas. Hopefully this tune has convinced you that the Atari 8-bits can sing like the Commodore 64, even if it does place more limitations on the composer. We've got one tune left to close the show with, but first, the usual housekeeping. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com. You can like this podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash foreversoundversion. And you can follow me on Twitter. The handle is FSVpodcast. If you feel inclined to do so, you can sponsor me for my 24-hour weird old computer game slamdown happening in July to raise money for the Refugee Council by visiting justgiving.com slash fundraising slash weirdgamesslamdown. Among the games I'll be playing for this challenge is an Atari 8-bit title called Picnic Paranoia, where you have to fend off a load of beasties who are trying to steal your food and ruin your picnic. So watch out for that one if you think you're going to be checking out my live stream on the day. It's going to be quite a slog. Our last tune for this episode is from an unreleased version of Namco's Pac-Mania. This game found its way onto systems like the Commodore 64 and the Acorn Archimedes machines, which is how I got my first exposure to the game when I was at school, before schools had suites of standardised PCs that ran Windows. It's actually a pretty neat isometric take on the classic Pac-Man model. A real school break time classic for me. This tune for the Atari 8-bit version was composed by Sal Esquivel, and it's a proper rocker. Thanks a lot for listening. All the best for now.